You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. I don't know if you all are feeling this, but I certainly am feeling the what I'm calling the crescendo of the end of the year. The term we often use is the hustle and bustle of the holidays, and There's a lot of fun happening, actually. I think I have several gatherings this week, which I'm really excited about. Yet, sometimes when we add extra to already an extra life, it can feel a little extra, if you will. So today, a couple of things came up in the last couple of weeks that I thought, you know, this would be a really timely podcast. So we're talking today about setting boundaries. And particularly kind of this might come up, you might be like, well, I don't want to talk about boundaries. 
That is not fun. It's Christmas, Kara. Well, I want to give you an even better Christmas. And boundaries are a beautiful thing. And if you're like most of us, you've heard of boundaries. And then when you go to try to set a boundary, it gets kind of wonky. It's really uncomfortable. And you're like, that's really, I'm good, thanks. I want to give you some easy ways to think through boundaries, which makes it so much easier to go set a boundary and set yourself up for success in those boundaries. The reason I think this is coming up now is because if we don't have boundaries when it comes to things like holiday gatherings, holiday parties, even just kind of what's expected of us through this busy holiday season from school and and from all the different places that whether they have expectations or whether we're putting some expectations on ourselves, there's just a lot there, a lot there that during this time of year happens to be poked on and triggered a little bit more often. So what do I mean by a boundary? A boundary is creating a safe environment for yourself. And that can be emotionally safe, or it can be physically safe. And when I say yourself, I'm going to consider your child as an extension of yourself. This is an interesting kind of side story. Preparing for my son's surgery, I was doing some Reiki, actually. If you're not familiar with Reiki, go back to the episode with Robin Grigalski, who is a Reiki, master Reiki practitioner. I can't remember exactly what they are called. Anyhow, Robin actually was doing Reiki with me. I had so much pain and tightness in my hips, which through the lens of Reiki, your hips is kind of the center of your safety and your security. And I thought it was really interesting that physically my body was telling me I am not safe. I'm not secure. When in actuality, my son's body was the one that wasn't safe or secure. That as parents, as moms specifically, I think we feel very deeply as our children are part of us. And whether that's part of us through biologically birthing them or by adopting them and having them be our child. Either one, I think that it really, I think is a beautiful thing to be mother in the sense of having another human being be so connected to you that your body would hurt for them when they're not safe. Totally a side note, let's get back to boundaries. Boundaries are about controlling yourself and or environment, not those around you. This is where most of us get off. We think a boundary is telling somebody how they have to treat us. And already in looking at a boundary through that lens, we set ourselves up for failure. Because unfortunately, we can't control other people. Yes, sometimes we still try because we're human and that's just apparently what we like to do. 
And even I think we're taught at a very young age, don't go making that person feel that way. You're going to make them feel sad. And so just even the language, the way that we talk as a society very much indicates that we can control other people or how other people feel. So oftentimes what I find is that it takes a couple minutes to kind of recognize when I'm trying to set a boundary to recognize what I want and then to go create it without trying to control other people. Another way of saying this concept a friend was just telling me about is a simple simple sentence. Boundaries are not you can't. They are I won't. Let me say that again. Boundaries are not you can't. They are I won't. It's so good. It's such a simple sentence. I think it was a therapist friend of his that told him that. So why don't we set boundaries? If I'm like, these boundaries are so great, why don't we do this? Well, we're going to get to some examples where you're going to get to kind of really see how they live out in the wild there. But a lot of us think that if we set a boundary, if you, let's just say, I won't go to that party, we feel like we might not be liked. We think we're going to have to go like against what's expected of us. And that's uncomfortable. We think people will be mad at us or we think we might hurt people. And I want to give some space and acknowledge that these are very real and valid feelings and fears that come up. And sometimes when we are resistant to setting a boundary, we realize we actually kind of like the drama of, of not setting the boundary. You know, we can kind of stay safe by being still able to blame other people because we didn't set the boundary. And when we set a boundary, we actually have to take responsibility for it. And that's sometimes, again, uncomfortable because oftentimes we're going to somewhere we've never gone before, mostly emotionally. And unfamiliar is something our brains translate to be bad. <laughs> sets, it, sets up, it sends up red flags. So how do you set a boundary? I'm going to look at it in the most simplistic way, I'm going to say there's two steps. First is you identify your need or desire. Desires or needs are equally as valid and important. Just because you want something is 100% valid. And then you're going to create the space for you where that is most likely to happen. So an example is your family's coming to town for Christmas. They have always stayed at your house. You have always done all the necessary preparation to have them stay. But this year, you're recognizing that you don't have a lot of energy. Maybe you're like me, where you're actually coming out of a, a more intense season with your child and you're kind of, you're functioning, but you just don't have a lot extra to give. So you recognize you actually have a, a need to have your home be a place where you're not hosting people. Instead of saying, you can't stay at my house, which is in one way what you're saying, the boundary would be, I need my house to myself 
My request is that you stay at a different place. So in this instance, you're not trying to control your family. They can do whatever they want. But you are controlling your space. And so obviously the difference is quite subtle because yes, by default, it doesn't allow your family to stay at your house. But the spirit of this boundary is not trying to control other people. It's really trying to control your environment. Okay, let's look at another example. Holiday celebrations in a lot of families can look like long days of gathering with a lot of sweets, a lot of food, and with late nights. And so it might be different parts of this that don't work for you. I think for a lot, though, it doesn't work to have no schedule with no structure with some of these kids. So you realize, huh, every time you just go along with it, you end up exhausted, exasperated, and maybe even feeling resentful because you're having to pick up the pieces that this created. So now you recognize, okay, this is not working. Your work in setting a boundary is, again, saying, okay, not that they can't, but for you, it might be like, I won't stay all day. Or you can even do something like make a request for having start and stop times for certain parts of the gathering. In this example, you're creating an environment which you can create safety and security for yourself, for your child. By being able to not necessarily just be at the impact of what works for everybody else, because you are still willing to allow that, right? You're not trying to control. Everybody else can, can do that, and that's totally fine. But you're kind of taking ownership and recognizing, okay, that doesn't work for me. How can I create an environment in which you and your child are well? Let's look at another example. Let's say your child has Prader-Willi syndrome. If you haven't heard of this syndrome, it often is accompanied by a very high food drive. So for these children, they can't become full or satiated. So they seek out food and they don't really have these limitations. And while my child does not have that necessarily, he has many tendencies to where I deeply connect to what it might be like to have a child with this situation. So you recognize your need. Your need is to have a place where there's zero access to food, where you're not supervising. So this can look a lot of different ways. As I was preparing for this, I was like, okay, well, like you might request your family to meet and gather at a park where there's no food. Clearly, this only works in Southern California. (laughs) Or you can request your family come to your house where you can put food in a safe place when it's not eating time. Or you can make a request to your family to put all food away after a meal. Here's the thing about making those requests. They may or may not be fulfilled. And if they are fulfilled, lovely. What an amazing thing. But when they aren't fulfilled, that's when you actually have to shift into 
that boundary of creating that safe place for yourself. Your job is to create what you need. So let's just say your family really just doesn't understand. Like they, for whatever reason, their brains just can't wrap their head around the seriousness of your child's situation. So your boundary might be, and it doesn't have to be pre-communicated or spoken, your boundary might be that you will, you will choose to leave if there's food left out so that you can go create a safe place for you and your child. Now, I recognize that might be really uncomfortable. And it might even be accompanied with sadness because you're no longer going to be with, in physical body, the people that you gathered with. And likely you will have to grieve and feel some of that emotion. And I want to put into here too is, Oftentimes, the people that in our people that love us, people in our family, they want to help. They just don't know how. And so when you get clear on your requests and you get clear on what you want and need, it actually might feel so good for them to know how to help you. So let's go over one last example. This is a situation where maybe your child has some behavioral challenges. Maybe they're explosive and prone to having tantrums. And when this happens, you have that one family member who wants to step in and, you know, discipline your child and, you know, kind of help them figure out how to behave properly. And maybe that person even thinks spanking is still a good idea. And I'm thinking you don't like this. I'm thinking that you want to be the parent of your child and not have other people step in to parent and discipline. So this is your want or your need or your desire. Your desire is that people don't intervene to parent your child or to try to coach them along. And so setting the boundary in this case might look like actually having a pre-conversation with that person and kind of sharing with them, hey, this is my request. My request is that you don't step in that you feel fully capable of parenting this child and you're reliable to learn how to do that effectively. You've got a handle, I guess is what I'm saying. And that that is your request, period. And then in the situation, let's just say they don't follow through on that request. They just can't resist. Your child's having a meltdown. That person's trying to intervene. Your job in that situation is to know what you're going to do to protect your boundary. And in this case, it could look like leaving the room with the child if the person's going to try to intervene. Like really only controlling your environment. Because you see how we can't control the other person? They're going to be who they're going to be, even if we've requested that they don't. And when you create a boundary for yourself and are really able to own it for yourself, your capacity to love that other person in spite of them maybe not fulfilling a request, it just gets bigger. You recognize, oh man, they just want so badly for to help. So they just cannot help to intervene. And you can just let them be them. It doesn't have to feel so offensive 
It doesn't have to be something that prevents you from having the experience that you want. And there's a real interesting thing that happens when when we kind of let go of trying to control other people in relationships. It's almost like they can sense it and then they automatically want to do more (laughs) of what we want them to do anyhow. It sounds a little manipulative when I say it that way, but when you get really, really clear about what you want and you step into responsibility of like creating it for yourself and not expecting or demanding others to create it for you, then it creates a completely different dynamic to be around you because no longer you're resenting everybody for not, not creating what you need. You're taking care of your own needs. And so I hope this episode gives you a window into some scenarios you might be facing in the next couple weeks here and how you might set a boundary that has you have the experience that you want, starting with that safety and security for your physical body, right? So maybe you have concerns about being around family that has different thoughts on, on masks or vaccinations than you do. And you have a boundary. You want to feel safe in that environment. So what, what do you need to do? Who do you need to be to create safety for yourself and your child, no matter what? I will leave you with that. I'll see y'all next week. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.